And uh, so we've been we've been working on uh, different series. Um, we started the Glory of God series, and I'm excited about this series. This is a really vast topic, and there's a lot of things to cover in the Glory of God. You might not realize that, but we'll get into it a little bit. We're going to take this series all the way up into including Easter, which is you know the ultimate God revealed to us through His Son Jesus Christ and His death on the cross. And so it's just wonderful. Um, I wanted to go through a couple of different um, reviews of what we did last year because I did bring a lot of information, and I think it's important for us to understand the original meanings of words and understand them in their context. And so uh, the Old Testament word for glory is kavod, and, uh, and uh, it really means weightiness or heaviness. Um, oftentimes, this will be uh, prominent when you're even praying. You might feel the weight of the glory of God. Um, this glory even showed up in the temple uh, in the Old Testament where the glory of the Lord was, the Shekinah glory was filling the temple. Um, there's many different examples that we'll find. You see some scripture references there. The glory of the Lord in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we also have the word glory, but the New Testament, if you don't know, was written in the common literal, in the common literature of that time was the Greek language. And so um, ancient Greek used the word doxa to uh, talk about the word glory. And uh, I just, you know, put in bold some things like brightness, radiance, majesty associated with God's presence, and praise that creatures give to God, um, that God bestows upon his son and his people. And so the glory of the Lord is not just a noun, it's also a verb. We can glorify God, we bring glory to him in how we live on earth. And so we have the Old Testament word for glory. We have the New Testament word for glory. It is not something just in the Old Testament. Um, also, there's many different uh, dimensions of glory that we can get into. And we're going to cover um, in and out of these topics over the course of time. Uh, you can see them there. Divine majesty and presence, worship and honor, revelation and manifestation, moral and spiritual transformation, and then the eschatological hope, which is really the study of the end times, the, the hope that we have in the coming of the age of Christ. And so um, these are awesome aspects of glory that we can get into. And last week when we kicked off this series, I really wanted to talk uh, through my studies. I was like, man, I, I can't really move from this point. I have to talk about this one topic, and that is the image of God. So last week we talked about Imago Dei, which is Latin for image of God, that we are image bearers, that we were created in his image. Not in, in terms of, you know, remember God is spirit. So we're not talking about the physical uh, image of God. We're talking about the attributes of God, the character of God, and the, uh, the free will of God, that we, we have uh, been given these things. And uh, that we talked about the uh, uh, scripture where... Um, they challenged Christ and they said, you know, uh, who's, uh, what should we give to Caesar? Like, uh, you know, who, who, who should we pay to Caesar's? And, and they were doing that to entrap him. And Jesus says, whose image does it bear? And they say Caesar's. And he says, well, give to Caesar's. What is Caesar's? But then we always, uh, we always skip this part. He says, then give to God what is God's. You're an image bearer of God. You, you belong to him. You're imprinted with his nature you're a part of him and he and that's the whole gospel story is him restoring that relationship that nature of his 
We're, we're his children. And, and this is also what gives us our, our, our moral compass. This is why we know what is right and wrong. Because when you commit a crime against someone, you're committing a crime against someone who bears the image of God. That's why it's wrong. And so that's, and that's how we get that. So we say, hey, you can't treat that person like that. They're a God bearer. They bear his image. And then also we can't, cre- we can't, it, it, it saddens God's heart when we do evil because we're corrupting the image of God because we're image bearers. So it's not only af- affecting someone who's an image bearer, but it's also being an image bearer of God and doing the wrong thing. And so we have to understand the basis of God's glory first through the fact that we've been created after his image. And so this is, this is what we really kind of delve, delved into last week. And I encourage you to, um, to listen to it if you, if you didn't. Um, and, and this is what I want to talk about today, which I think is often overlooked. And that is the friend of God and the glory of God. This correlation, or I would call it causation, is all throughout the Old and New Testament. That the people who are friends with God experience the glory of God the most. This is called systematic theology in uh, seminary, where you actually go through the narrative of the Bible and you see the topics of salvation. You see the topics of, of, of the glory of God, the friend of God, all different narratives that are in the Bible, and you learn about those topics. That's called systematic theology. That's uh, one of the ways I like to teach. Um, you can also teach expositorily, and um, we don't do that as much, but that's a wonderful way to teach as well. But we have to understand that the friend of God and the glory of God go hand in hand. Now, friendships are funny. I, I don't know about you, but, but friendships can be all sorts of categories. I mean, you got your work friends. How many got work friends? You got your, unless you work at home, maybe it's the cat or something, I don't know. Then you got your church friends, right? Now, hopefully your work friends and your church friends know the same person or else you're two different people. You might be a hypocrite. But anyway, but you got your work friends, you got your church friends, you got those friends that you grew up with, we call them childhood friends. You got your friends that you just watch like the game with, you know what I mean? Like you really don't go any deeper than that, they're like... You, that's where you connect in professional sports or something like that. Or you got your hunting buddies or your fishing buddies or for ladies, uh, shopping buddies. I don't know. I don't want to be like, um, help me out, Trista. What, what kind of friends do you have? Deep, good, good deep friends. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go into that topic, but, but we have all sorts of levels of friendships. And, um, you know, it's always interesting. I, I, I love the, uh, the story of the, the guy who goes golfing with his friend and the wife's like, hey, didn't you go golfing with Jake yesterday? He's like, oh, yeah. And they said, oh, well, did you guys get to talking? Yeah, sure. Yeah. What'd you talk about? I don't know. You don't know? Didn't, didn't Jake's wife just leave him? Didn't, didn't he talk about that? No. Well, you didn't think to bring this up to your Friend, your good friend, Jake? Nope. Didn't you spend four hours with him golfing? What did you guys talk about? Well, I know he's got a new driver and he can hit it like 300 yards now. It's amazing. 
right? Like guys struggle going deep. We, I mean, we don't know, we grunt at each other and we just know what we mean. Guys can sit next to each other and not say anything to each other. And that might be considered a deepness to you, but really we, we don't have much, I'm just being real, much deep, deep conversation. It's hard for guys. I mean, we really got to learn how to do this. Now, I will say, I'm not trying to tread on anything that has to do with ladies, but, you know, I hear my wife talk and I find out, I feel like I have friendships with her friends because she tells me, you know, her conversations with her friends and I'm like, and I'm listening and I have to like respond or else she thinks I'm not listening. I'm like, oh, and Sarah did that. Oh, interesting. And oh yeah, Jessica. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And, and, and how did she feel? Oh, oh my goodness. And, um, and, and I realized they don't talk about anything either. I'm like, this is, these are all pointless conversations. Like, what? Um, what? Where depth, depth of friendship is something that truly does need to be worked on. It's something that people need to be intentional about. And it's amazing how you can call someone a friend and not really truly have the depth of friendships that would reflect kinship or connectedness or knowing. I, I know people who have a million friends, but it's not much more than a 30 minute conversation twice a year. The, the level of intention of friendship actually takes work. Getting to know people, communicating with them, as hard as it is, being vulnerable with them, letting them see a little bit of your ugly side. You know, the first time you meet somebody, they always see the best side of you, hopefully. Right? You like put it forward. You're like, yeah, how are you doing? Hey, name's Paul. How's it going? Good to meet you. Oh, yeah. You know, you're talking about everything. Da, da, da. And then eventually, after years and years and years, hopefully you build this depth to each other. Now, there's all sorts of friendships. And there's some friendships. I, I, I mean, I have a friend who's a wonderful person. But... It's like a one-sided friendship. Have you ever been in a one-sided friendship where they expect you to do everything for them or maybe they're like an energy sucker, like they suck all your energy, but when you need them, they're not around? So there's, there's all these experiences that we experience on earth as a reflection of friendship, but friendship is something that God has given us and I want to show the correlation through scripture. We'll start with Abraham. Acts 7-2. And I'm going to go through many scriptures. And I'm, there's just going to be too fast for you to um, look them up with me. Unless you're a pro. Um, maybe you are. Um, but write them down if you want. Uh, make sure I'm telling the truth. You can look at this recording and, and look them up as well. But I, I really want to show the correlation here. Uh, Abraham uh, with Acts 7 2 says, Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to their, our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. God revealed himself to Abraham. Then James 2.33, it says this, And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was a credit to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. Abraham experiences God's glory and friendship, hand in hand. 
Let's look at Moses. In Ephesians 3, 7, it says that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a... Exodus 33, 14 through 23, it says this. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Friendship. Relationship. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, nor for no one may see me alive, may see me and live. And the Lord said, there is a place near me where you stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I'll remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. This correlation between knowing God deeply and experience his glory go hand in hand. I do not want to be a church that gets all the fun cake and prizes and expects everything to happen without really having relationship and friendship with God. This is the basis and foundation of glory. I mean, I'm taking, I know you're like, Paul, this is so basic. I'm like, yes, we have to start here. The friendship that we need with God. Where are we at with that? We need to make knowing God our number one priority. You're never going to become a friend of God in your spare time. You're never going to become a friend of God in your spare time. It can't be just days and days and days go by and all of a sudden you're... Like, oh, let me just talk to God for a second. No, a friendship with God is every day. You have something so priceless in your possession. You have more than just money. You have something that you get one allotment of. You cannot buy more of it. You cannot sell it to someone else. It is yours and yours alone. And it cannot be numbered because it is priceless. And this possession you have that is so priceless that you can never get back. It's, it's yours to spend and spend alone. And that is your time. See, when you spend your time on God, you're telling God, I am giving you the most priceless thing I own, I'm going to spend on you. Because friendship to God is so important. We want to experience his glory and we will, but it happens. If you look through the scriptures, it happens through being friends with God. Let's look at Jesus, who continues this in the New Testament. 
Matthew 17, 1 through 8 says, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Now listen, this was his inner circle. He had three. There's the 12 disciples who were close to Jesus. Then there was an inner circle that he brought privately to things or shared privately with. And, and so they're considered throughout the scriptures his inner circle. They were really close to Jesus. John was the one who's inferred to laying his head on Jesus's chest, sitting right next to him. That everyone asked John, hey, what is Jesus talking about at the Last Supper? Do you remember this moment? They're asking John because they know John's close to him, physically and, and literally. It says, and he led them up uh, on a high mountain themselves, and there he was transfigured before him. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. There's the glory again. And then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Now these are two people known to be close with God. Elijah was so close with God, got taken up in a whirlwind. Do you remember this? And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, God just ignored him, kind of talked over him. A bright cloud covered them. This is the Shekinah glory cloud, folks. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love and whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And the glory of God sometimes comes during a service, which I've seen. It's like, it's so thick. It's so tangible. No one dares speak a word rather than to touch or steal his glory of what he's doing in that moment. It's, it's like this holy awe comes over you. It's really fascinating. And so then, so we see this glory that is taking place between the closest of Jesus' disciples and Jesus. And then in John 15, 15, he says this, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. Now, this word friend that Jesus uses, it actually means deep, close, intimate comrade. It means best man or best woman. Or what's that? Maid of honor. Like the king's inner circle. Now, look, a king and a, a world leader of any kind, you cannot approach them at any point. You, you, trust me, there's only an inner circle of a king. And even then, it's dealt with reverence. I had the opportunity of um, one of my friends, his name's Bo. He, he actually worked for several presidents. And he's a fascinating guy. Um, played basketball with, with a president. He's, he became in the inner circle, was an advisory role. And, um, and worked at the White House. I remember when I was in D.C., he... He said, hey, do you want to come to our Christmas tour of the White House? It's a personal invitation only. I said, sure. He said, make sure you wear a suit. It ain't no New Mexico there. <laughs> People are dressed up in their very best because they know they're going to a place of honor. And so we, we got a tour of the West Wing. It was beautiful. Excuse me, the East Wing which is, you know, um, they have different rooms with Christmas decorations and it's uh, a bunch of people were there and got to meet people and greet them. And, and then my family went home at night and 
we had to get background checks to get that done. And then the, that night, Bo calls me and says, hey, do you want to come see the East Wing? The West Wing, excuse me. I get, I'm geographically challenged. You guys know this. It's thank you for being my north, Stephen. So great. Uh, anyway. Oh, north is this way. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, so he said, do you want to see the West Wing, which is where they do all their business and stuff. And so late at night, he gets me through security, and we're just walking around the halls of the West Wing and seeing the Oval Office. It was just surreal. But he could do that because he was in the inner circle. He was someone close with the president of that time. Even he got me into a personally invite-only um, national prayer with the, with the president. The president sat up there. I sat here. And there was a big rail. Because <laughs> I wasn't a part of his inner circle. There's other people who were. When you have friendship with God, when he calls you friend, he's calling you into your inner, his inner circle. He's saying, you're not someone who needs to be distant to me. I'm inviting you in. See, to know God, to know God's glory is to know God as a friend. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I know how to talk the talk and walk the walk. As a Christian. And there were times in my history with Christ where I got so busy and distracted. Nothing bad. I was just, hey, I'm, I got a busy life. I'm, you know, meeting people and doing all this stuff. And just like you. And, and, and all of a sudden, I, I might go by and a week goes by and in my history and I've I'm, I haven't really communed with the Lord. I haven't talked with my friend. It would just be like if, if, you're, if you live with your spouse but never talk to your spouse. It still means you're married. But your friendship might be suffering. You're in covenant with Christ when you accept him as your Lord and Savior. But it's not a good friendship if you're not communing with him. That's how we know his glory is through knowing him. And he wants this friendship. It's not God who moves away from me. It's me who moves further away. And I realize, wow, I haven't, I haven't discussed with him any part of my day. All right. A couple of people who are friends with God. These are just a few. There's many more. Abraham, Moses, David, Enoch. Enoch was so, so much so friends with God, he just disappeared one day. Just, God took him like, nope, you're mine. We'll just sort it all out in the paperwork afterwards. James 4, 8. It says... Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. This is a promise. 
Search him out and you will find him. Seek him and you will find him. He's not hiding himself from you. See, prayer is a muscle. It needs to be exercised. Now, I get it. You might pray with the Lord three minutes and you don't hear anything. You don't see anything. You don't feel anything. And you feel like, man, I just like, I feel like I'm speaking into a void and I feel like I'm going crazy because now I think I'm talking to myself. That's okay. That's a start. Spend another minute in it tomorrow. Spend four, four minutes the next day. You will experience God because he's not trying to hide himself from you. He wants, he's inviting you into a friendship with him. Now, I want to say we are not feelers. We're believers. Okay? It's not in what we feel that we know. It's what we believe that we know. Okay? However, God created us with feelings. And so it's okay. Sometimes you'll feel the manifest presence of God. You'll feel the weightiness of God. You'll feel his presence and you'll know he's there. But even if you don't, by faith, you know he's there. And it's a powerful thing. It is a promise. If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Don't let that promise go to waste. It is time that we take advantage of our advantage. This friendship with him is an advantage that we can have with God. See, I, anyone can fake it. Many people do. Even pastors. I know, I've been to pastoral conferences. I, pastors will have what you would consider a successful church. But they're dead inside. Because they stop talking to the one who gives them life. It happens all the time. Look, you might be one of those Christians. And you, your Bible stays in your car, so you never forget it. You're like, walking in the church. Got the Bible. Yeah, I know where Genesis is. Right here. It's right there. Talk the talk. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing great. Blessed and highly favored. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. You know all the things to say. And truly, I can't tell if you actually know him yet. I can't tell by that talk. I mean, I think maybe. I mean, you, you, you know what to say. You know how to look. You know how to act. But see, really, unless I actually spend significant amount of time with you, I don't know your, your friendship with God. However, there's one thing you can't make up and you can't pretend about, and that's his glory. See, his glory rests on his friends. It does. And this isn't for a selected few people. This is for anyone who is willing to draw close to him. The invitation is always open. Now, some of it's breaking the lie that we are independent and that we just need to do these things on our own. And you don't realize you're living that lie. And you're hustling, just trying to keep your head afloat in whatever area I'm talking about, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, and you're just doing it on your own when you have the greatest creator of the cosmos living inside of you going like, hey, anytime you're ready, I'd love to get to know you. I'd love for you to get to know me. And it's not a one and done deal, right? It's not this, I prayed once and now I'm good. No, just like a marriage, it always takes cultivating. It always takes Drawing close, it always takes getting to know the Lord. All right.
Romans 5, 10, and 11, Jesus tore the veil to restore the presence of God to all. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Look, you can't buy friendship with God. You can only receive the gift of grace through Jesus Christ's sacrifice. There's nothing you can do to make him your friend in terms of buying, except receiving this grace and entering into it. See, God wants friendship. Hosea 6.6 6 says, I want to show, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to show, to know me more than I want burnt offerings. Acts 17, 26 and 27 says, starting from scratch, he made the entire human race and made the whole earth hospitable with plenty of time and space for living. So we could seek after God and not just grope around in the dark, but actually find him. That's the message paraphrase, but they nailed it. He's inviting us in. You need to make God, knowing God, your number one priority. You do. All right. So how do we do this? Become honest with God. This is one of the first things that I think people forget. They start with praying as if they're needing to put forward their best foot. As if God doesn't know all the junk that's behind us. And the reality is, if you can't be honest with him and yourself, he can't help you fix it. Just like any other friend. Have you ever had a financial situation that was a mess? I have. And I needed help from friends. And the only way was for me to actually be honest with them, because otherwise they wouldn't be able to help me. Help organize my life. In the same manner, God can only help you if you're willing to submit to him something that you're going through and be honest with him. So what's that look like? Be still. Sit down and slow down. Be vulnerable. Be willing to share even the worst hurts with him. Be reverent. Know that you're actually talking to a king who's invited you in. Know that he's God. Be transparent, just be. Watch his glory manifest in your room. I was just talking to someone right before service and they were they had no idea I was preaching this message and they said, I was praying with God and the manifest presence of God was just so tangible. I said, oh, that's amazing. I don't experience that all the time, but I have sometimes and it's beautiful because God manifests his glory to his friends. Okay, I did something here. Next slide. I don't know if you can make that happen, but for some reason it stopped. Philippians 3.8. 
everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Listen to this language, and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. This is the scariest scripture, in my opinion, one of them. There's many of them. This is one of them that... Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many works in your name? And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. God wants friendship. And to be honest with you, you're only as close to God as you choose to be. I'm only as close to God as I choose to be. Every time you're denying him, every time you don't talk to him, you're saying, God, no. Now, of course, I want you to have prayer time set aside to pray and encounter him and, and build friendship with him. But that also means that you don't have to categorize that. You can pray to God while you're at work. You can just send him little prayers. While you're at work, while you're at home, while you're on the golf course, while you're wherever you are, in the car is an amazing time to pray to God. It really helps you with road rage. You're like, Jesus, I just bless my family, bless them, and bless this person right now who just cut me off. See, you're only as close to God as you choose to be. You can't blame anyone else. You can't blame your wife. You can't blame your kids. You can't blame your job. We, we carry that ourselves. So sit down, slow down, become honest with him, and take advantage of the offer of friendship. And with that, you will experience his glory. You'll experience his presence. You will be a proud image bearer of Christ. It's all for the taking for us. Why not take advantage of it? Why not just spend some time and watch the Holy Spirit move so powerfully in your life? Why don't you stand? Why don't you pray with me? Oh Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have to be in friendship with you, in a relationship with you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would give us the strength, the wisdom, the patience to sit down and pray with you and get to know you. Lord, that we would take advantage of the promise to draw near to you so that you would draw near to us. Father, that we would be friends and that your glory would rest on us. Jesus, I wanna be in the inner circle I want to be like James, John, and Peter who could watch the glory fall. 
and be an eyewitness to it all. Jesus, I want your glory. I want you. I want all the. I want the cake, the gifts, the everything. And but I don't want it without friendship. May your glory fall on this church as we build our lives on you and our relationship with you. We give you everything. Help us to be friends. In Jesus' name, amen.